podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again. It's another edition. It's quite a packed edition actually on this Thursday of Let's Talk Chelsea. Going to be breaking down some of the recent transfer news. Chelsea striker pursuit. Will something happen? Will something quite surprising happen before transfer deadline day next week? We'll talk about Thiago Silva and the news around his future. And I also want to give my thoughts about this lone recall trend we've seen so far this month and what it means for Chelsea and their recruitment of young players and, and why so many players have returned from loan and whether it's a good sign or a really bad sign. So let's get into the news that broke last night because I was going to do a show yesterday which was speaking about the interest, potential interest that was apparently growing in Karim Benzema from Chelsea. And I think it was Ed Ahrens of The Guardian who reported this along with Leon and some other clubs. But Matt Law initially reported this, spoke about this, but then last night we got another report kind of backing up this target, potential target for Chelsea, and that is Aston Villa striker Jean Duran, the Colombian striker, and he reports in The Telegraph that sources from Colombia have claimed Chelsea's interest has intensified, and Telegraph Sport understands Duran is a name under careful consideration with a week remaining until the window shuts. He only joined Villa last January in a deal worth up to £18 million and the 20-year-old has been a deputy to first-choice striker Ollie Watkins. Despite scoring four goals, two of which have come in the Premier League this season and making 35 appearances in total, Duran is understood to be keen on getting more opportunities. Now, key info here, he would be cup-tied for both the Carabao Cup and FA Cup. And the Blues obviously have Nkunku returning from injury and Jackson, this is something that... Matt Law points out. I mean, Matt Law, as I'm sure many of you know, not only is a, a very well-respected reporter around Chelsea, he is an Aston Villa fan. So he obviously knows a lot about these players. And I would suggest go and listen to the London is Blue podcast that he did recently, where he gave a lot of detail on, on his kind of personal thoughts on watching Duran as a striker. Now, he does point out this, that Given his age and low wages, he would fit the profile of signings under Chelsea's Bade Adig Bali, Todd Bowley control, and um, more so than Karim Benzema, who's being offered to clubs on loan until the end of the season. And the enormous wages is something that is apparently a stumbling block for Chelsea. So, is it shocking? Actually, when you step back and you look at Chelsea's recruitment strategy over the past year, we can't really sit here and go oh, okay, this is a really left-field signing. I actually think signing Benzema would be more of a left-field signing, even though it does historically, if we take a much wider view than the past 12 months, feels like a Chelsea signing. Actually, this feels like the average Chelsea signing now in terms of a young profile, not a lot of senior football, maybe has the potential to grow into something bigger, could eventually make Chelsea money. And when you eye it like that as an accounting exercise, I mean, it is quite shallow. It isn't quite a, a move that makes me that interested. And I think that's where my general disagreement with people sort of lobbying for this move already and saying, actually, it's a really shrewd piece of business or actually it's not just swapping one young inexperienced striker in Armando Breuer who came for our academy for FFP purposes for another I don't I don't personally see unless there is some very hidden data that shows a player who is going to skyrocket and Chelsea are getting ahead of everyone in the market. 
I have my concerns on on what's really the point of it beyond an accounting exercise. And I feel that that's kind of my analysis of this. Now, the likes of Cole Palmer, I know Cole Palmer was at Man City and I know that there was a lot of excitement around him as a young player. But there was also equal trepidation around him not having a lot of senior football coming into an environment and very quickly being installed as a vital player and how quickly he's taken to that. Maybe a more fair comparison is Nicholas Jackson. Again, a very young raw striker who has been asked to do a lot for Chelsea this season because of Nkunku's injury and actually has performed really well. And I think Chelsea have missed him in recent weeks. Even though we have done well, I think in, in a performance and creative aspect, I do think we look a better team when Nicholas Jackson's playing. So this is not to write off Duran if he was to come in and say he couldn't quickly provide a service. I'm just sitting here and going, because January usually is about opportunity rather than long-term planning and, and signings you're making that you're really firm on, a lot of the time it is just looking within the market and seeing what's out there to potentially upgrade you. I'm not quite sure what the benefit is on the pitch for Chelsea between now and the end of the season for signing Duran versus keeping Armando Breuer. And also the benefit you get of, yes, enormous wages in Karim Benzema, but then actually the benefit you could get on signing Karim Benzema, who potentially gives you an, an immediate impact. And maybe those goals get you higher up in the table. When you look at the Premier League table currently, the results that have happened between Chelsea's win against Fulham and today have made the table look a little bit more favourable. Now, I don't personally think that the Champions League is... is something that's going to be easy for Chelsea to get. I, I do think maybe fifth or sixth is still the highest Chelsea are going to get this season, realistically, based on the form so far this year. But if you get Benzema, maybe that makes a huge difference. And again, I think it, it calls into question Chelsea's transfer strategy and calls into question the logic behind it. If we're and maybe just our priorities. I mean, as fans, our priorities are more to do with what's improving the team, how are we going to get better performances and better output, when actually the more you look at Chelsea's transfer strategy, it feels more and more like an accounting exercise. And for profit and sustainability rules, Juran coming in for not a massive fee, he gets an opportunity potentially as a player that can develop and get a bigger fee for Chelsea later down the line. You sell Armando Breuer potentially for around 35 million if you can get it this month, which I still think is is unlikely given a lot of clubs' um, hesitancy to spend that amount of money this month for obvious reasons. As we know, profit and sustainability, there's not a lot going on this month. You obviously get all the income from an FFP point of view, and then maybe from that point, Chelsea are safe for another period of time. But does that actually make us a better team? Does that solve the problem and issues that we've had in front of goal? Not entirely sure. I also think it was an interesting point that Matt Law made in this piece later down where he speaks about not only how raw this player is, we've got enough of those already, but also the discipline record. He comes on and although he makes a bit of chaos, he does get himself booked pretty regularly. And, and what have we spoken about already this season? Discipline within Chelsea's team, the lack of it from Mauricio Pochettino's team. I think there needs to be a balance within this squad. I think you now need to look at the amount of youth we brought in, how those players need to be de need to be developed, how they need minutes. Now I think it's about a bit of experience seasoning to add that balance, to add a bit of maturity to a squad that clearly needs a little bit of leadership in certain areas. And I 
I don't think this player does that. I think he just gives you more of what you already have and may leave you in six months feeling very similar about what we are currently in. Is it just, again, I think if you're someone who's desperate for a signing, is it just because you're desperate for a signing and you like the dopamine hit of Chelsea signing people and, and making an announcement? But actually, does it make us a fundamentally and superior team? Is Duran a significantly, and you've got to answer this question honestly in the comments, does he make us a significantly better team with him? Is he significantly better than the options we have currently? Based on the evidence in front of me, I think it's a hard thing to argue. I think at best it's a tie, maybe a little bit more, but unless we have signed we have uncovered some absolute gem who skyrockets, which can happen in football, as we've seen with a player like Cole Palmer this season, then I don't I don't think it's worth making that signing and I don't think this is some great revelation. Let's move on to some other topics before we wrap up today's show. Thiago Silva, the secret scout, reporting yesterday that he believes Thiago will leave. I know Silva was giving some quotes post-match after the Borough win, where he was talking about, you know, it's getting closer to the end for me at Chelsea, and that's a little bit sad. And I think it is, you know, in terms of his legacy at Chelsea, I think it's going to be wonderful. And it's nice to actually the level of performance, unless it really, really tails off between now and the end of the year, has been still pretty decent. So... I'm happy that it looks like Silver will at least go out, maybe with some people wanting more. And I think that's better. I always think it's better. And Chelsea have been guilty of doing this the other way, where we let players stay a little bit too long. I'd rather get rid of a player too soon than too late. There are extremes to that, obviously. Kevin De Bruyne, I'm not saying like that. But in terms of especially aging players, I prefer to let them go when they've still got something in the tank. And for their legacy, it looks a little bit better than keeping them for too long. Their performances really tail off and you don't really get the benefit of their experience anymore, which is what this current squad needs. But I'm not, I personally feel that this is the right time for him to move on. We've invested in Levi Colwell with a new contract. We've invested in Benoit Badia-Shil, Wesley Fofana, Axel Dezassi. There needs to be those players coming through now. And sure, maybe there is still a belief that Chelsea could go out there and sign someone else. Maybe if in the summer, say, Alfie Gilchrist is going to get himself a senior loan, then maybe you ask for another option. But personally, I think we've invested enough in young centre-backs. It's now using that experience they've gained this year, hopefully, to become better centre-backs next season. The final thing is around the, these loan recalls we've seen this year. So we've seen several happen this month. And, you know, I'm someone, again, we get back to the first point around Chelsea's strategy of signing so many young players. And the, the players I feel sorry for are the young players because... To see in one month Andre Santos, Cesare Casadei, and Diego Moreira all be recalled from their loans halfway through the year is not a great look. It really isn't. And I think that there's a lot of people who I, I see constant arguments and defences of Chelsea. And listen, Chelsea fans are going to defend their club. I'm not having a go at that. I will defend Chelsea. But I think that's within reason. And I kind of get a little bit tired and roll my eyes when I when I get the sense that people are trying to make out that Every problem that Chelsea encounter, especially when it comes to squad management, ha have been forced upon us. A player is running down in his contract, what are we supposed to do? We spent a billion, what are we supposed to do? We sent a load of young players out on loan, they didn't get the minutes they needed, they needed to be recorded within like five months, what are we supposed to do? Woe is us, basically. Like Chelsea do have agency within this, you know, Chelsea were not forced to sign Diego Moreira a player who was in Benfica's B team. I'll put a tweet up by Zach Lowry, who was kind of pointing out the trajectory 
of Moreira in particular, his career over the past 12 months and how wild it's been. Going from Benfica B to Chelsea, then out on loan to Leon, who have had a pretty difficult season, then back to Chelsea. What's next for him? I think out of those three players returning, Cassidy is obviously at the top in terms of what he's gained. I don't quite get bringing him back, I have to be honest, because we now have Connie Chukameka back. Yes, injuries can uh, come back for these players, obviously, and get new injuries, but we've got Connie Chukameka back, Enzo, Caicedo, Ugo Chukwu, I think it was about six weeks, but that was a couple of weeks ago now. So he'll be back before the end of the season, hopefully. So I'm not sure as well with him being cup-tied, where are those minutes going to come for Cesare Cassidy? Unless you are playing him in an unorthodox role and unless you have a really serious injury crisis, I'm not quite sure where these minutes come from and why it actually would have been better for Cassidy to stay at Leicester, who were going to get promoted likely from the championship this season, have those minutes he scored a couple of goals. Maybe he could add to that tally before now and the end of the season. Santos and Moreira, yes, they were getting no football. But when you see, especially with those two, and you add Cassidy to that as well, when you see a list of them, it can't be just deemed as an anomaly and a freakish event. I think it speaks to maybe a lack of judgment over sending these players out on loan to the wrong clubs, identifying the wrong clubs, especially given their level of talent and quality. Now, Marrera to me, I know it's, it's unfair on him because we only got a bit of preseason and then we got the AFC Wimbledon game. But from what I saw, very raw player, very, very raw player, someone who looked um, very incapable of dealing with the pressure of that moment. And as I say, it was unfair on him to judge him. I'm not making a firm judgment on this is what he does for the rest of his career, but Again, it just makes me concerned that we're buying players for an accounting exercise. What does, What is the development of those players? Them being recalled doesn't really boost their value unless you can get them a really good loan for the rest of this season. Because if they don't go out on loan and don't get those minutes, which is the key, fundamental, most important thing about a loan above anything else, it's not about the glamour of where they go to. It's not about a club that fans can access and watch on a more regular basis. It's not about trendy things that don't really matter. It's about that player development. It's about going to an environment that is actually... Matos has gone to Huddersfield and there's a guarantee that he's going to be playing week in, week out. That is, of course, important for his development. That is going to hopefully put him in a very healthy position come the summer. There's no point if they're just getting sent out on loan. If the club's ambition with a lot of these young players, stockpiling them, buying as many from around the world as possible... If they're not getting football, their value is not going to increase. So the profit you want to make on these players is going to be not as extensive and not as brilliant as you think it's going to be. And I just I, I worry about the bottleneck effect of all of these recruitments. And actually, these players themselves, if they just would have stayed put, Marrera might have been in a better position right now than moving to Chelsea. And again, I know people don't like that kind of talk probably because why would you advise against signing for Chelsea? But actually, is it going to make these players better? And Above all else, don't really care about multi-club and other stuff as well in accounting. Is it going to make Chelsea a better team? I, I personally don't think so. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch this show. If you're a Chelsea fan and you want more carefree content, please do hit that subscribe button. Really helps the channel out as well as the like button and sharing it around with friends so more people can get involved in the community. And you can follow Son of Chelsea across socials at Son of Chelsea on TikTok, on Instagram and on X. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.